Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right. Hello, fellow romantics. Chris Hoyt, CXR president. Today's matchmaker for the next 15 minutes as you find a professional love match. Courtesy of this expertise segment of the Career Crossroads podcast. If you haven't listened, watched, or been part of the expertise segments before, this is the speed dating of podcasts. And this is sort of how it works. Career Crossroads is connecting you with an industry leader almost every week so that they can share with you one thing they'd like to make sure you know about their career or their professional journey. Now, if you're fortunate enough to join us live, then you can jump in the chat channel and drop in a question of your own for our guest. And if I swipe right on it, should there be enough time, we'll get it covered today. But if time forces me to swipe left, don't worry. It's me, not you. Uh, and you'll find it posted in the free and public forums we host over at cxr.org slash talent talks. Now, if you didn't already know, the focus of our topics were actually built from the results of our 2021 CXR talent acquisition priorities research. Now, this is where hundreds of verified TA leaders and practitioners weighed in on what was most important to them this year. Now, you can find that report for free within the research and report section of cxr.org. So, Turn up the volume and lean way in. We're getting started today with our first time guest, Eve Lewis, who is the Global Inclusive Recruiting Director at Uber, I got it, where they're using something you may have heard about, the Mansfield Rule, to guide their diversity recruiting and their retention efforts. Now, Eve, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. Thrilled to be here. Been, I've never actually been um, introduced in speed dating context, so this is the first for me, and I'm super excited to be here this afternoon. It, it, you may be very fortunate. It could be the last time you're introduced that way. It'd be all right. <laughs> well, I always limited look, swipe right, I guess, right? That's right. Everybody's going to swipe right on us today. <laughs> um, I always like to start these sort of rapid-fire segments with a little bit of background on our guest team. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Can you give us sort of the escalator pitch about E. Lewis and the work she does at Uber? Yeah, so um, I've been in diversity, um, I, I won't say recruiting, but some segments, some capacity of diversity, outreach, um, recruitment, evangelism for my entire career. I started at Microsoft, um, about for, I was there for about 15 years, and then from there I was with Oracle and IBM, and then now I am thrilled to lead the function at Uber. Um, essentially, I've done everything from marketing to outreach to candidate engagement, pretty much everything on the spectrum from initial engagement through to hire. Um, and then now at Uber, I lead a team that's specifically tasked with um, enabling and driving interest, applies, and hires among all diversity constituency groups globally. I love it. And I love the fact that you, these are not small organizations that you've been at, right? And you know the old yeah. saying, you know, the bigger the wheel, the longer it takes for the revolution. Exactly. Uh, so, it's, so it's really interesting that you're pushing to sort of make an impact here. Now, we're talking about the Mansfield rule. And my understanding is that this came around uh, out, of, out of a women's law firm hackathon. Exactly. Right? Back in like 2015, 2016, something like that. Exactly. And and the math on it, I think, please correct me, is that it is it is about ensuring that 30% uh, of women, LGBTQ, people of color and disabilities uh, are considered for roles in leadership positions. Correct. So in the law space, and by the way, Uber is Mansfield certified. So there's an organization called Diversity Labs that will certify corporations, but they only certify in the legal uh, function. Um, Uber's legal certified with Mansfield. And what it did is it, it realized that as they looked at the data, 
they saw that true diversity penetration, true inclusion was seen when companies realized that there is a trickle down effect and they looked at senior level roles within the organization and first focused efforts on driving penetration of all diversity segments there. And then what you'll see is it goes top down, bottom up. Um, the other thing they saw was that you can't just focus on one segment. You know, I think think a lot of companies think of Rooney Rule and when when various companies think, well, we're going to start driving some diversity strategy, the knee-jerk reaction is typically Rooney Rule, which is a good first start. But the problem but with, for, and sorry to interrupt you, for those yeah. who don't know, can you can you give us sort of the the bullet of like what's the Rooney Rule and what what's the difference between Rooney Rule and Mansfield Rule? Yeah. So Rooney Rule was established in the NFL um, and it was established because there were very limited black and brown execs um, at both the general manager leadership level and coach level within the NFL. So the thought was if we put one or two black or brown individuals on the slate will drive representation, will drive greater penetration in the senior upper level um, office space at the NFL. Well, it was implemented about, I think we're 12, 15 years in now. And when it was implemented, there were three black coaches. Guess what? Today, there are three black coaches. It's it looks like I'm really killing it. <laughs> yeah, terrific investments there, but it's been a failure in the NFL. And the reason is because it doesn't address the root problem. It's not a matter of putting individuals on slate. It's a matter of looking at um, the systemic inequities that persist that didn't allow black and brown individuals to matriculate up the ranks within the NFL. And so the challenge is, yeah, you can place a few at the final stage, but until you've addressed those issues and, and allowed individuals to get the exposure and the experiences and normalize different backgrounds, you know, the challenge too within the NFL is, They've got very strict criteria, much like we see in tech. Managers want to hire certain criteria. NFL coaches or NFL owners want coaches that come from certain backgrounds. Well, just by virtue of access, you're not going to see a lot of brown people and black people that get access to those experiences. So until you normalize different experiences and expand the aperture of what strong talent looks like for those roles, you're not going to see penetration. Um, and similarly, in corporate America, when we started implementing Rooney Rule, it became challenging because, first of all, the burden was on TA. I mean, you've got to find that female on the panel before you can extend the offer. So it became very reactive, very one rec by one rec. The burden was on TA to find that person. It oftentimes just became a checkbox. As long as you found the female who was interviewed, it didn't really matter the outcome. And the other thing is it fails to recognize human behavior. If you have one individual on a panel who's different, what does your mind do? It normalizes all of those that are similar and kind of pushes the edge cases to the edge. So you're not driving strong results because you're not normalizing that different experience. You're looking- They're subconsciously, they subconsciously become the token candidate. Exactly. And so as, as a result, you don't drive the hires. And the other piece to that is you're not driving holistic diversity. When, when, we, when I came to Uber and looked at how we were operate, operationalizing Rooney Rule, in a lot of cases, it was only focused on female. It wasn't consistent across levels. Um, if you're truly driving inclusivity and diversity, you'd want to go across the entire aperture. You'd want to look at MVP candidates, diver, uh, females. You'd want to look at African-Americans, Latinos. We were only really looking at females. And so it's just a very narrow way of driving it. And it's not scalable or sustainable. I mean, TA cannot police and manage rec by rec. You've got to have a sustainable framework that allows you to drive holistic diversity across all functions, not just rec by rec. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me you've got to make sure that it doesn't just sit with 
TA. It's not the candidate police, right? You've got to have accountability. Yeah. And, and with Mansfield, we specifically elected to implement at the business phone screen just for that reason. Um, we wanted to make sure TA had an accountability of driving pipeline, but we also want to make sure that the manager has an accountability when they get that inclusive pipeline, that they are, that they've got metrics around how they transition and um, assess that talent. So it's a shared accountability at business phone screen. It all doesn't just sit on TA. Nice. And how does, in a time when organizations are struggling to get some transparency or even some visibility into candidate um, uh, diversity, how does Uber handle that? Because typically that's hidden from most recruiters, even though they're held accountable to building a diverse slate. Yeah, great question. So one of the challenges, and, and honestly, even as we implemented Rooney, initially we were challenged because we didn't have good data coming in. Um, one of the first things we had to do was kind of step back and align our data infrastructure. So we've implemented self-ID, which sounds so basic and simple, but I, I really would be interested even among your, the people on this call, I'm sure a lot, of can, a lot of these companies don't have really good candidate data. We definitely didn't. So we implemented self-ID first in North America and Canada, and now we're rolling out globally across the rest of the world. What that will allow us to do is pull in analytics. All of this needs to be data-based and data-driven. Um, we do not provide um, disaggregated data to our recruiters. So a recruiter can't go in and look at candidate X, but what a recruiter can do, and we actually only provide access at certain levels. So there will be a couple of folks on each team who have access to the full pipeline data at an aggregated level. And it can tell them, for example, for my backend um, development role, what does a candidate pipeline look like? What percentage of African-American, what percentage of female, what percentage of MVP candidates have applied to that? So based on that, a recruiter can go back and say, oh, they can let them know, hey, for that role, you might wanna go back and do some additional sourcing, you're light on specific segments. They will not tell them, you know, for example, candidate um, J is a male or a female, but they will tell them overall what their candidate pipeline looks like for a specific role. And then based on that, we would expect to see similar throughput at every stage. So we also are looking at data by stage for our candidates. So if I see that for, for example, back in engineers, white males are progressing through the business phone screen at twice the rate of African-American females, that lets me know, you know, I've got a problem. I need to go back and look at the data. Is it a sourcing issue? Is it a bias issue? Is it a process issue? Why is there such a gap there? Um, the idea is to have similar throughput rates by candidate, by stage, by diversity demographic, all the way through to hire. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, Rooney was great because I could make sure diversity represent, is represented at the offer stage. Yeah. Well, technically, if your process is equitable, you don't have um, inequities that are disenfranchising diverse communities, you should still see that same pipeline representation at the offer stage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, when you talk about doing something like this on a global scale uh, and using data, what the first thing that comes to mind for me is my North America team's definition of diversity may not be the same or, or certainly isn't the same as my EMEA team's definition of diversity or even geographies within EMEA specifically. Are you guys accounting for that? How, how does that work at Uber? We are. So um, really insightful comment there because what we found is, as you know, there are different privacy rules across every country in EMEA. And so what we've had to do is develop different self-ID forms per country based on those rules and regulations. So each country, each region does have different access and we're building um, dashboards so that, as I said, when they go in and look at aggregate data inputs, they can see what is allowed in that country in terms of reporting and then they can see what their, their diversity looks like. You're right, every country is gonna be different. You know, if you look at LATAM, a lot of those 
most countries have persons with disability quotas. So we're going to be focusing on those issues in those countries, whereas in Europe, there's different requirements. You know, Germany, for example, what they'll let you report and ask. So we've modified our um, outputs in terms of what we're asking Canada to supply and how we're driving the pipeline based on those specific country requirements. I love it. I love it. Dashboards and data and DEI, it's fantastic. Let me let me ask you um, if, if I'm listening or watching uh, and and I want to get started at my organization and we don't we don't have anything in place yet. Is there anything you'd recommend for someone to to use data at this point to move into sort of a Mansfield rule? Can can they leapfrog the Rooney rule? Uh, and and what can they do to just start making a difference now, right? Not just have the the idea or the interest in making a difference, but let's start moving the needle now. So so there's a couple things you could leapfrog Rooney, but you could also take the basic constructs of Rooney if your organization doesn't have the ability to really operationalize a broader, more holistic, more strategic um, um, rule. And what you could do is look at your data, take the data you do have. I mean, you, clearly you have um, higher data. So look at that. Clearly you should have some sort of in information on the candidates that are applying and showing interest in your roles. Look at that. We looked at all of those factors. We wanted to see what our existing candidate pipelines externally were looking like, what our higher data looked like, what market availability looked like. We triangulated all that to set our aspirational ranges. But that was a very long and involved rigorous process. If you don't have that, start with the data you do have and see where the gaps are. For example, if you know that you have real big gaps around people with disabilities or people that are differently abled, focus on that. Focus on a few of the segments that you realize you, you probably need to drive enablement on and then expand from there. Um, a huge piece of this though is also educating the managers, right? And so as you expand, the managers are gonna see different profiles of candidates come in. They're not gonna stick with this nearly, maybe preferred profile that they like to hire against as we saw at Uber. As you expand it and as you bring in more candidates, you're gonna to have to show and, and quantify the value of different experiences to your managers. So the beauty of that is once you start doing that, I mean, I think we've all had the example where a manager is adamant that the candidate has to have X, Y, Z and you bring them ABC and then all of a sudden they're like, ABC is the best candidate I've ever hired. Like I never realized what we were missing until you brought in something new that illuminated that. Um, so it's an education piece, both for TA and for the business. But I think once you've done the initial groundwork, once you've looked at the data, once you've spent the time educating the business, um, that should allow you and enable you to drive a different type of candidate, which hopefully drives more inclusion and more diversity across. Nice. And do you guys have um, within Uber or even just within your peer base, you guys have talked about, and we see this often is that hiring managers, and this one comes from the audience, but hiring managers often combat that type of uh, slate build with um, uh, the argument of speed, uh, that, the, that they're trying to actually, we don't have time to wait on a, on a diverse slate. We've got to do this now. We don't have time to do uh, the training and the investment on the back end of the hire. We need somebody now. Is there sort of a standing, uh, standing argument or standing response to that that you can sort of share? Well, if you do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And there is a bit of um, a ramp. There is going to be change is, is challenging, right? But ultimately, I just don't see any compromise there. I, I do think um, in our case, we aren't seeing really a, a slowdown in hiring because if you've got a strong sourcing function, you've enabled sourcing, you're gonna be building that pipeline. And because it's holistic, 
you know, for example, in the case of North America, we're targeting six distinct candidate segments. You can't tell me that recruiters cannot find strong talent across six segments. The beauty is it's not just looking for African-Americans, Latinos, and women. You're expanding across all diverse segments to drive representation. And so if anything, um, I think by looking at Mansfield and something that's holistic and scalable, you're enabling your sources to drive better diversity across and it's gonna be faster. Um, but in the event, you know, like you're in a market, for example, Germany, where it's more narrow and you're only focusing on a, on a couple of dimensions of diversity, that's the education piece that the managers have to understand. And in Uber's case, I've got to say, I've been super impressed because I have managers that are so conditioned now, if they don't see the visual representation of diversity on their final hiring panel, they will say, I'm going to wait. I'm going to pull back and wait until you bring me an inclusive slate before I offer this hire. And so... They've been trained to do it. So do the work up front. It may be painful initially, but the ultimate outcomes are going to certainly um, be way more beneficial than any short-term pain. You're saying that hiring managers are trainable? <laughs> I know. Big, big, yeah. Who knew, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Eve, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We really, really appreciate your insight. Thank you. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. All right, listeners, next week, you're going to want to be here. I think that's May 25th, uh, as we connect with longtime industry friend and Shakeweight fan, Martin Burns. Martin is the editor-in-chief of Recruiting News Network. That is a pretty fantastic industry tech and news resource, uh, if you haven't already been there. He's going to talk with us about what we're seeing in the space right now with regards to unprecedented mergers and acquisitions activity for vendors. So it's sort of a tech versus services and why you should be paying attention to this. You're going to want to jump on with us. And you'll be glad you did, I promise. So if you haven't already, be sure you subscribe to this video cast or podcast anywhere you listen uh, to your other favorites. And we've made it super easy by sharing those fancy little subscribe buttons as well as a vast library of previous episodes. It's at cxr.works/podcast. So until then, we'll see you in the active forums and talent communities over at cxr.works. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.